Great. Uh, so my name is Chris Miller, uh, and I actually have several hats on right now uh, that mostly directly relate to some conversations that uh, we've been having with Housing North and uh, in folks up in the beautiful part of Michigan where you guys are. Um, so uh, first of all, I am doing a fellowship this year through Michigan State University. Uh, so Michigan State University has a uh, regional Center for Economic Innovation that is funded by the federal government, um, the EDA, uh, and they get five years of funding and then they get to focus on um, things which uh, they kind of determine in-house uh, are important economic development uh, projects and innovations. And uh, they do a variety of things uh, every year. They run through a cycle uh, of projects and uh, they do uh, what they call co-learning projects. There are white papers that are written. Uh, there are people that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, just get down and do some uh, significant research. Uh, and they also have two innovation fellows every year. And so I'm one of the two fellows this year. <clears throat> and my project is called Community Capital Accelerants. And essentially what that is, is and, and this transitions to another hat. So I'm the national board chair of an organization called the National Coalition for Community Capital. And uh, that's a group of folks that got together about five years ago in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and we had all been working in the really local investment world and specifically the local investment by people who have historically uh, not, <coughs> not been investors. And um, so in the US, there are a group of us, of over 90% of the population that are what are called non-accredited investors. And this is the Securities and Exchange Commission that's made this designation. And non-accredited investors are the not super wealthy, essentially, that's the, that's the, the casual definition of it. Uh, and back um, during um, the Great Depression, when a, a lot of people had been built out of funds, the SEC was created to protect investors from bad decisions and from bad actors. And so the SEC is still doing that. That is really the entire function of the SEC is to control investing, which is an odd project for a government to do uh, when you think about it. Um, when you think at the same time, uh, it's perfectly okay for you to walk into a casino and lose every dime you ever had. Uh, and the government is okay with that. Uh, but uh, heaven forbid you would make a bad investment decision in a local business and put money in a store that went out of business in a couple of years. So anyway, um, so that, you know, that situation has changed uh, in the last decade uh, and um, through changes in law uh, at the federal level and at the state level. And then when you couple that with changes in technology, uh, we are now at a place where it is possible for lots of investors to put small or large amounts of money together uh, and invest in projects and that all be managed uh, through web platforms uh, and all the paperwork that has to be generated when you've invested in, a, in, in something in a private business, et cetera, uh, can all be done. And it's legal in all 50 states. 36 states have their own laws uh, about that, including Michigan. Uh, we were one of the, the early states to do that. And our investment uh, limits are actually more generous than the federal ones. Uh, but we've seen really spectacular growth 
in the last couple of years on the federal level as the as the as the federal mechanisms have become legal and more generous uh, as, as that's happened. So we, this group of us at NC3 got together in 2016 uh, because we were all running into similar challenges and found ourselves bumping into each other at conferences uh, and decided that we would form this organization to help people across the country to kind of navigate this new space where 90% of the population was now able to make direct investments in businesses uh, and see if we could, we're big believers in it and, and we wanted to see if there was a way that we could work to make that, that change happen more quickly because we, we're all doing something new now. You know, my, I, before the last few years, I had never invested in a business. My family had never invested in it. My grandparents had never invested. So it isn't something that has been historically passed down or that we've had the experience. Most people have never done it. But we think it's incredibly important in a global economy, uh, in, in economies like ours, where we've got communities that are haves and communities that are have nots, where we've got historically underserved communities, where we know that traditional capital sources have not supported women or minorities um, in the same way at all as men have been supported. Uh, and so that stuff all needs to be fixed from our perspective. And, and we think local capital and local ownership will not only fix kind of that financial side, but will also address a lot of the social challenges that we're facing right now. So awesome. that's, that's the first two hats. And then the third hat is the, the company that, that I'm working for. It is, uh, it's called Plane Wave. It's a high-tech telescope manufacturer. And I'm the in-house kind of consultant for them for special projects. And they are very supportive of the community work that I'm doing across Michigan and across the country. So I have to make sure that I mention them because they're really good folks and providing me this nice office space so that I can have the conversation today. And you don't have to watch my cat walk across my back. So. No, that's awesome. So how does your work at MSU, I guess, contribute to uh, a community development or community investment projects here in Michigan? Or what is your hope? Yeah. That so the, 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 the uh, fellowship is called Community Capital Accelerant. And so it is really about reaching out to communities in Michigan that have found a, a way to put local capital together and get individual projects done. So that was kind of the initial reach out. So in Michigan, we have the advantage of having uh, the, the state economic development entity, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, specifically the community development folks that developed based on the investment crowdfunding law that got passed in Michigan, they developed the, uh, the, the program is called Public Spaces Community Places. And it is a donation crowdfunding match program where people in a community donate to create a new public space. And the state matches that dollar for dollar up to $50,000 with public money. This is the first program of its kind in the country. Uh, the MEDC won a bunch of awards for that. The woman who came up with it, Catherine Zarnecki, Got to fly to London one year and got an award for this and flew to California one year and got an award for it. So it's a really cool program. A number of states now, I think we have six or seven that are now doing this in their, in their states because of Michigan's success with it. Uh, but what it's meant for Michigan is that we've had 247 projects from every size community across the state that has done a successful donation crowdfunding campaign matched by the state of Michigan, and then they got a cool project done in their community. 
So that was the reason for reaching out because there were a lot of communities that have had this experience of pooling their resources together and making something important happen in their community. And it's a pretty short step from there to making an investment in your community, supporting a business, um, and then having the opportunity to get a return on that investment. So we're looking to move those donors to investors, but there's a lot of upside to investing that there isn't in a donation, right? And so that's, that's kind of the rationale there. And in addition to those 247 donation campaigns, we've also had a couple of dozen uh, campaigns that have been investment campaigns uh, where communities have had an investment crowdfunding campaign or uh, an LLC created that had local investors that pooled their resources together. So there's a few of those that have happened as well across the state. So the reach out was to go to those folks, find out who were the movers and shakers in those, work with them, see if we can get a team in the community of the right players put together, and then look to accelerate. In fact, at the same time, also look to accelerate any possible projects that were there so that we can actually get some projects started and underway during this uh, year of the um, uh, of the MSU um, fellowship work. Okay, so how could this tool or this type of, you know, community impact investing work in Northern Michigan with the businesses who might want to invest in housing for their employees? Yeah. So thank you for the really good question. And it, and it is a great question because Northern Michigan, I mean, every, any place in the country basically is having a housing crisis of some description or some degree or other. Northern Michigan has got a particularly acute one because of uh, all of the uh, tourism that takes place uh, there and the need for seasonal workers and, uh, and housing problems for seasonal workers in particular. But, uh, but, I, but in, in general, it's affordable housing is in trouble all over the place. In my community in Southern Michigan, we don't have enough affordable housing. We don't have enough of any kind of housing basically right now. Um, so housing is a really important piece. And if you think about historically, um, so businesses have been in the housing business, uh, not, not generally in a very good way necessarily, uh, but you know we have history in the United States of, of, the, of the company store and of the company house and that sort of thing. Uh, we have often, like for migrant communities, had temporary housing for migrants when they would come in. So the idea of businesses being involved in housing is not new, uh, but I think the, the, the idea of them being involved in, in permanent housing and in affordable housing projects or, um, um, uh, or, or uh, market rate housing, whatever it might be, whatever the community might need, uh, is a bit new. So there are some, you know, there are some interesting ways for businesses to do that. We've seen some places where uh, businesses created a, a nonprofit housing organization uh, or supported a nonprofit housing organization is one way to do that. Um, businesses could certainly do direct investments in projects uh, if, uh, again, an entity like Housing North, uh, you know, put together uh, a project and provided an opportunity for businesses to do that. One of the really significant challenges in housing right now is that, uh, especially this last year, of how as as cost has escalated for materials, um, you know, there hasn't been a corresponding increase in the value of property or, or the ability of rents to pay for debt service on those kinds of things. So this is where businesses could come in with charitable money as opposed to investment money uh, to help close that gap. So that's definitely a place that, uh, that business 
businesses could do it. I think one of the really, really interesting spaces that businesses could fill in a, in a really fantastic way to kind of build this ethic and idea of local investing up is to actually go out to the community themselves. So uh, let's say the business is gonna add an addition on a building and they might have always in the past just gone down to the local bank and said, hey, will you finance $100,000 because uh, we need some more space, I've gotta hire some more employees. So businesses could actually, now that we have mechanisms in place uh, to manage those kinds of investments, they could actually go out to the community and say to the community, um, you know, we need $100,000 and will you, um, you know, invest in us and here's what we'll pay you back for it, et cetera. Kind of, and, and that's really an interesting idea because that does some really uh, wonderful things. So from the business side, um, you know, traditionally when the business needed money and it went to a traditional source of capital, uh, they would be told how much they could be lent, uh, the duration of that loan, the percentage of the interest rate that they were going to pay on it, how much was going to go to principal, how much was going to go to um, interest, how much lien was going to be put on the, on the property in order to do it, all that kind of stuff. So essentially, all of that is dictated to the business. One of the beauties of going out to the community and looking for the same capital is it actually flips it on its ear. So the business can actually look at this. Okay, so we're going to borrow $100,000. Uh, here's how much we've got. This is how much it's going to improve our cash flow. We're going to have these other related expenses. They can run out all the financial projections and then they can say, we can afford to pay you X percent back if you loan us this money. So they're actually sort of dictating what that deal looks like. And they're doing that as they look at their own finances uh, and their own uh, financial projections. Uh, and in fact, they can also tie it to the success. So if it, if it is going to impact the success of the business, they can actually tie the payment back to the investors to the revenue that's produced by the project. Uh, so for businesses that do retail, that's really a pretty simple equation. But for any business that produces a product that's then sold or a service, and there's a way to measure that, uh, they can do that same thing as well. So it's, you know, those are a couple of really interesting ways, I think, for businesses to get involved in housing. And I, I really think they, they should definitely take the step of working with uh, entities in the community like Housing North and um, figuring out, because it's a complex and expensive problem and it takes a complex solution. And we really need all the players at the table, including, and maybe in particular, the business community that's going to be one of the, lowest hanging uh, kind of recipients, um, uh, you know, beneficiaries of that work. So thank you. That's really helpful. So how would we, um, how would a business start to find out, like, where is the information out there to find out about how to invest in this opportunity? Is it calling you? Is it going on, you know, the national website? Like, is there uh, a website you could share with us about how to Dive oh. in, maybe. <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, th th this is one of the big challenges because this is, you know, this is all evolving. Yeah, you know, r really when we when we think of, you know, and there have been some mechanisms that have been out there for a fairly long period of time that could potentially do some of this, but none of it has really been used very well. In part because the technology wasn't there. When you start thinking about dozens or hundreds of investors, you know, that would have been a very laborious. Uh, process uh, in the not too distant past uh, to keep track of all that stuff and um, 
and it just didn't make sense. And so certainly there was no market for it. So all the stuff that we're talking about is all new in the last decade and, and even really in the last four or five years. So we don't have a great network of, of technical assistant or resources or all that stuff um, that are available right now. It's part of the reason that I'm doing this fellowship is to is to spread the gospel about this and you know you know you know and to explain it can be done. Having said that, we're, there are now a growing number of individuals and organizations that are working in this space, uh, and that's certainly a help. You you guys have a great resource in Kate Redmond who led the Common Grounds Project. So that there we have an attorney who has been committed to the community in a really powerful way and understands uh, kind of this whole space and has then on the business side been through a, a very challenging capital stack project that has a lot of different sources of capital, including community investors in it, um, grant money, traditional financing through community development finance instru instruments. So, um, so Kate's a great resource. Um, and I, I think the other thing that I would say is so our, our national organization is definitely a great resource, but there's not a lot that's still on paper. A lot of it is, you know, give us a call. Okay, you need that kind of expertise. We can bring somebody to the table that can help you with it. So, and while my fellowship is going on, I'm available. I'm extremely reasonable while the fellowship is available. So the, the federal government is paying uh, Michigan State University who's paying me. And uh, so there, there's no bill for my services for the duration of this fellowship. So, so, um, so when does that fellowship end? I guess would be my next question. Yeah, How much time? In October. So, okay. So we have some time, but so if, if I guess one piece of advice maybe to, uh, to us in Northwest Michigan, if somebody did want to try a project up here that would involve an employer uh, and housing, uh, what would you say the first step maybe would be to start that conversation for so, uh, bringing the community in? Yeah, so my consistent advice when I'm asked this question or questions like it is, you need to identify a project. I mean, that's the first step. So what what is the the lowest hanging fruit the smartest thing that can be done the project that's going to get the most support behind it because of the impact of the project um, not something that's as complex as what Kate did in at common grounds even though start smaller, you know, there's maybe. there's expertise but you could definitely smart start smaller and and I think you know sort of get the buy-in on that so once once you have the project in mind and ideally you're you're also hunting at that point in time for that champion for the project. Now that champion could be Housing North, uh, but it could also be, you know, the owner of the project, you know, the, the developer that's gonna put this up and gonna work with you uh, to find the stakeholders in the community, the investors in the community, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you have to sort that out, but there has to be a champion, you know, whether that's you doing that or whether that's you facilitating and supporting somebody else that's doing it, uh, there, there has to be a champion that drives it. and then. And then there's a network, you know, it is, this is about the community investing. So that means you have to reach out to the community. So that means all of the interested parties who have their own social networks, they have to utilize those. So then you have to think about really good messaging about that. And, and that's, that's an important piece. So, you know, sort of once, once this project is identified and, and the champion is identified and then you put the team together around it, uh, then, you know, in that process, we have to identify what's the best way to skin this particular cat? You know, what's the right structure for this? And then once you do that, then you can go out with the messaging 
where you're looking for the funding for the investing and saying, you know, here's what it looks like. Here's what you're going to do. You know, in Kate's case at Common Ground, those community investors actually had an ownership position. So it was an equity position they had. Um, even though in, in their ownership, they don't have any decision-making, that's not part of their kind of ownership. So it's kind of like buying General Motors stock. You don't get to go and, and um, tell the, tell the uh, executive director or the board what to do uh, unless you're in a certain class of stock. So it's the same thing here. So you don't, you don't have that in, in Cates and typically you probably wouldn't have that in some. But you know there are co-op models where you do as a co-op member you do or there is a board or an organization uh, but you, you kind of have to decide that on a project by project basis. So what is what makes the most sense for this particular project? And then that's the message that you take out uh, to the community when you're looking for investors. I, 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 would, I would share that, you know, housing is a pervasive issue and it's a really fundamental issue. You know, you're, you're not going to be able to be the community you can be. You're not going to have the businesses that you want to have. The businesses aren't going to have the success that they want. So it, it, it really is, you know, if you, when you get, let's say, when you get into the housing side businesses, um, it's going to create a real win-win. Uh, because it's going to be good for the community. It's going to be good for the businesses. You're going to build community and bind yourselves together. You know, think about as a business how you're going to be seen if you help this housing get up, which helps folks, you know, come and live in the community in a, in a way that's affordable to them so they can contribute to the economy. So you're really building up your own local economy. You're providing the critical resources necessary in order for for the community to live and to grow and to expand uh, and and you would be part of making that happen so i think you know there there's no downside to it you know as long as the the process is structured in the right way it wins for everybody unlike what happens in a lot of businesses when you get big businesses that come into your community this project won't extract wealth from your community it will add wealth to your community no, oh, that is such a great closing statement. So um, thank you so much, Chris. And maybe uh, if, just to add how people could get in touch with you, uh, maybe the website, um, and I can post this later, but the best way to get in touch with you uh, yeah. if they had a question. Yeah, so it, my, my email is, is, uh, is out there and available. You can do that. My cell phone is out and available too. And I, that's, that's fine. You can certainly do that. Again, I have a dedicated uh, email for, um, for the Michigan State University um, fellowship and anybody is welcome to reach out not just welcomed encouraged you know that's this is the point of my fellowship to have as many of these kind of conversations as I can have uh, and I'm committed to doing that so awesome thank you so much been a pleasure